everybody, it's me, Emmy. I'm just your average coffee-loving girl trying to navigate life and what it means to follow Jesus. You see, I started this podcast as a way to keep me accountable in my personal Bible reading goals. And also, I wanted to create a safe space to share how I'm applying God's word to my everyday situations. Honestly, I just have a lot of questions and I figured, well, you probably do too. So why not just come along for the ride as I read through my devos and try to figure out life and Jesus. So grab your Bibles, grab your coffee. Let's dive in. Today's episode is titled A Vision of the Lord's Glory, and we are going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 2 because we are jumping straight into our study of Ezekiel. Over the next few weeks, as you know, I am trying to explore more about the season of Lent and just how to prepare my heart better to really celebrate and be fully immersed into what I feel like God might want for me as I step into celebrating Easter in a few weeks and just like everything that comes with celebrating new life, coming to life, celebrations, and recognizing that Jesus already done did everything I needed him to do for me and I can just enjoy that and be loved by him. So with that in mind, let's start talking about our BFF that we are going to grow to love and know more about, hopefully, our buddy Ezekiel. And what I'm going to do is just read Ezekiel chapter 1 and 2, and then I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on it, because I feel like if I start reacting to every little thing, we're never going to get through it. But I'm going to try my best, because you know me. I'd be reacting even when I say I'm not going to. Okay, let's do this. Ezekiel chapter 1. In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, while I was among the exiles by the Kabar Canal, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. First of all, okay, I'm sorry, I am reacting. Um, I'm so grateful that we do not give times and dates like they did back then because they were doing the most. They were doing the most. But in the first one, God is already showing up and I am here for it. Okay, on the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's exile, the word of the Lord came directly to the priest Ezekiel's son of Buzi. In the land of the Chaldeans by the Kabar Canal, the Lord's hand was on him there. I looked, and there was a whirlwind coming from the north, a huge cloud with fire flashing back and forth and brilliant light all around it. In the center of the fire, there was a gleam like amber. The likeness of four living creatures came from it, and this was their appearance. They looked something like human, but each of them had four faces and four wings, and their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the hooves of a calf, sparkling like the gleam of polished bronze and they had human hands under their wings of the four sides and all four of them had faces and wings and their wings were touching and the creatures did not turn as they moved each one of each one went straight ahead their faces looked something like the face of a human and each of the four had the face of a lion on the right the face of an ox on the left and the face of an eagle and this is what their faces were like their wings were spread upward and each had two wings that touched the of another, the two wings covering its body. Each creature went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went without turning as they moved. There's a lot of what is happening. What are we even looking at here? But I'm not going to get into the details because I want to get through this whole vi- Like it's a This is an intense vision that our buddy Ezekiel is just like seeing in with his own eyeballs. Okay. The likeness of the living creatures was like the appearance of blazing coals of fire or like torches. Fire was moving back and forth between the living creatures. It was bright with lightning coming out of it. The creatures 
were darting back and forth like flashes of lightning. When I looked at the living creatures, there was no... Well, hold up, sorry. When I looked at the living creatures, there was one wheel on the ground beside each of the four-faced creatures. The appearance of the wheels and their craftsmanship was like the gleam of a barrel. Not like barrel, B-A-R-R-E-L. It's like B-E-R-Y-L. And I don't even know what that is. Okay. And all four had the same likeness. Their appearance and craftsmanship was like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they went in any of the four directions without turning as they moved. And their four rims were tall and awe-inspiring, completely covered with eyes. When the living creatures moved, the wheels moved beside them. And when the creatures rose from the earth, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, the creatures went in the same direction the spirit was moving. The wheels rose alongside them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creature moved, the wheels moved. And when the creatures stopped, the wheels stopped. And when the creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose alongside them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Okay. That's a lot to take in. Over the heads of the living creatures, the likeness of an expanse was spread out. It gleamed like awe-inspiring crystal, and under the expanse of their wings extended one toward another. They also had two wings covering their bodies. When they moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the roar of a huge torrent, like the voice of the Almighty, and the sound of tumult, like the sound of an army. When they stopped, they lowered their wings, and a voice came from above of the expanse over their heads. When they stopped, they lowered their wings. Something like a throne within, with the appearance of lapis lazuli, was above the expanse over their heads. On the throne, high above, was someone who looked like a human. From what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a gleam like amber with what looked like fire enclosing it all around. From what seemed to be his waist down, it also I also saw what looked like fire. There was a brilliant light all around him. The appearance of the brilliant light all around was like that of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the likeness of the Lord's glory. When I saw it, I fell face down and heard a voice speaking. Okay, I'm going to jump into Ezekiel chapter 2 really quick because it's only 10 verses and then we are going to unpack all of this craziness together. He said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. As he spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me on my feet and I listened to the one who was speaking to me. He said to me, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to the rebellious pagans who have rebelled against me. The Israelites and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this day. The descendants are obstinate and hard-hearted. I am sending you to them, and you must say to them, This is what the Lord God says. Whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that you are a prophet that has been among them. But you, son of man, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of their words, even though briars and thorns are beside you, and you live among scorpions. Don't be afraid of their words or discouraged by the look on their faces, for they are a rebellious house. Speak my words to them, whether they listen or refuse to listen, for they are rebellious. And you, son of man, listen to what I tell you. Do not be rebellious like the re- like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I'm going to give you. So I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and there was a written scroll on it. When it unrolled before me, it was written on the front and back, words of lamentation, mourning, and woe were written on it. Okay, Ezekiel, let's done unpack this together. All right, our buddy Ezekiel. We meet him. He's 30 years old. He's in exile. And he's a priest, or what would have been a priest had he still been in Jerusalem, but now he's not in Jerusalem. He's in exile, and he's not living his best life. He's trying to, but he's not living his best life. And then the first verses, we see that God showed up. We see that God shows up, and we already off the bat right here, we are seeing 
that God gives him a vision. And this vision is very intense. Like, the vision is of the Lord's glory, as said in the title and the beginning of this chapter. But it must have been quite a sight because Ezekiel tries really, really hard to paint us a really good picture. And shout out to you, Ezekiel. Congratulations. You did the best job that you probably could, given with what you were seeing and what you had to describe with your words. So he uses a lot of like and likeness. Like, he uses those two words a lot to describe God's glory and to describe what he's seen. And he's trying really, really hard, but it's almost like he can't quite capture it in words. Like, it's like this. And I feel like the gist of what he's trying to say, right? It's like this, but not quite. But this is the closest that I could compare it to to give you the visual of what my eyeballs are beholding. And so I really do appreciate Ezekiel because I'm super visual. I like to really see things to fully understand it. And so this is like a, like I can picture this in my brain and I'm equally as confused and in awe as he must have been in that moment. But I'm like really grateful that he tried his best. Now, before we, like, I'm not going to sit here and try to explain this vision because I don't even fully understand it myself, but I will say this. Um, some details, a lot of details don't make sense. I like, they were kind of like a human, but not a human. And then they had a bunch of wings and then there was this wheel thing within a wheel thing moving and all around. And And sometimes I feel like there's details in God's word that don't make sense. And this is one of those times that I feel like, like some of the the specifics here don't make sense to me, but I don't want to get stuck on the little details that I'm so caught up in. Like, it doesn't make sense what is happening that I miss the bigger picture of what Ezekiel is trying to describe here. And I feel like that's what we need to kind of just take a step back. Like, do I understand these creatures and what they might have looked like? If I get caught up on that, then I'm missing something about the wheel within the wheel. Hopefully that comes up again because your girl would like some clarification. But if it doesn't, what is the bigger picture that we're actually seeing here? So that's what I want us to focus on. Um, Also, he fell face down. And let's be honest here. I probably would have done the same thing. Like, this is a lot to take in, and I feel overwhelmed for him seeing this. But that's also kind of a reminder that whenever we we experience God's goodness or his glory, if we were to ever see his glory, like, in a vision like this, then we also would be in awe. I mean, I guess that's kind of the reminder is to always be in awe of God's glory. I don't think it's ever going to be something that we fully understand or that we get to just, I don't know, like, if we fully understand it does it become normal like then we don't appreciate it the same but I guess we never will fully understand it because this is a lot going on but that's so good because then I I always want to be in awe of who God is I never want to lose that sense of of wonder and just like whoa what is happening when it comes to God like I want to have that that heart that really does see him and want to know more Um, maybe when I get to heaven, things will be better explained and I will know things, hopefully. And if not, that's cool too, because by then I'm in heaven. I'm not really worried about too much. So there is that. I did want to point out, like, I know I'm going to be all over the place, but just bear with me. I had a lot written down here on my page. Um, there is something that I do want to point out that when Ezekiel is describing the brilliant light all around, that it was like that of a rainbow and a cloud on a rainy day. It's very similar to, like, it's a very similar image that he's painting here that what John uses in Revelation chapter 4 to when he's describing the throne room of heaven, he uses that same image of a rainbow to describe what he's seeing in the throne room. And that's in Revelation chapter 4, verse 3, 
where John is saying the one seated there had an appearance of jasper and carnelian stone, a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald surrounded the throne. So like, there must be some bright colors happening and I'm here for it for the day that I get to see it. But I did find that an interesting connection that Ezekiel and John are both describing similar scenes here and they're using very similar imagery to help us understand what it is that they're seeing. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit about the two chapters that we just saw together because there's a lot, a lot of good stuff, a lot of like what is happening stuff and like all of it together. Let's unpack it together. So our buddy Ezekiel, we meet him and we meet him two verses right before the vision and he is probably not in a good headspace. He's probably feeling sorrowful. He's probably not exactly happy. I mean, his people are in exile. At year 30 of his life, he would have been prepping to be a priest in Jerusalem in the temple. He would have been getting like what he would have been preparing for his whole life is what this year would have been for him. And now he's in exile. There is no Jerusalem. There is no temple. Um, That was where the Israelites worshipped God was in the temple and where they entered the presence of God. The priests was in the Holy of Holies in it was another room in the temple. And so. I feel like sad for Ezekiel that he's probably missing out on that. And he's just like, I can't serve as a priest. And that's what I prepped my whole life for. And we, you know, we only get to worship God in the temple and we only get to feel his presence if you're a priest in the holies of holies. And and I don't get any of that. So I can totally relate to what Ezekiel might be feeling during this time. I mean, it doesn't say specifically, but I'm inferring based on the details that we have of historical context and just being a human and feeling like I missed out on things. Um, I can totally relate to Ezekiel, but then I love how God shows up and he revealed his glory to Ezekiel. And just a little background here. Ezekiel is a Levite. That is the tribe of Levi that continued on and had all these, you know, generations and generations in the Israelites. Um, and that was the chosen lineage to be priests under after Aaron, I guess that was the first priest that the Israelites had. And so Ezekiel's from that line. And that's a very powerful line of like family line of like, these people are just preparing to be priests and that's what they do. And they, I guess, bust out babies to be more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So they basically, they're prepping this whole, this whole tribes, their job is to prep, serve God in the temple and be priests. And like, that's their service to God is God chose this whole tribe to do that. And then, you know, other people were doing other things. So Ezekiel comes from that line and that's why he had been prepping his life for it. And so what Ezekiel sees in his vision is the appearance of the likeness of God's glory. And a little info here, God revealing his glory in a way that shows his attributes, but he's not really fully revealing himself like completely. And so this is like such a mysterious and illuminating scene. And I know that Ezekiel was struggling to even just absorb it all. And even he's trying to describe the brilliance of God's throne. And that's why we saw him using a lot of like and likeness. And it's like this, or it was in the likeness of this. But I know he's trying to convey like the magnificence. Like he's really trying to get as close as possible to what it is. But he doesn't have the words for what he's seeing. And I just, I want to be there. But like you could feel the energy that must have been emanating from everything that he was seeing. 
the energy that must have been emanating, even like just from the throne room, that Ezekiel and John both describe it the same way of a rainbow. Like all the fields and beautiful lights and just brilliance that they must have been seeing that they were like, the closest thing I can get is a rainbow. And I hope that's good for anybody else who sees this after me. You know what, Ezekiel, John, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for trying because I can get a picture. I don't know if it's the world's clearest picture, but I'm I'm getting something and I can feel what you were probably trying to tell me. Now, I think maybe one of the reasons that God's gifting Ezekiel with this radical, ridiculous, like really far out there kind of revelation and vision um, of who he is and his glory is because later God's going to call him to do some pretty radical demonstrations of his message to show the people. Um, before we began the book of Ezekiel, I did the last episode actually <laughs> was me giving us like a little intro to Ezekiel before we dived in. We talked about some of the different things that we might see. And this is all kind of tying together. So like God is actually going to cause Ezekiel to do some pretty weird, bizarre tasks. Um, he's going to eat a scroll in chapter three. Um, so we'll see that next time, probably. But first, before he eats the scroll, God is literally saying, here's a gift of the vision of my glory, because you're going to need it to do the crazy things I'm going to ask you, most likely. Most likely, this vision is inspiring Ezekiel in ways that obviously he holds on to, because he's going to go and do what God is asking him to do as we dive into the book more and more. And I am, like, such a fan of this opening. I am excited to to dive in and to still not fully understand, if that makes sense. Like, like I am in awe of who God is. I'm in awe that the people in the Bible who saw these visions were even able to do such a great job of describing it so that I can still be in awe. Now, am I currently falling face down? No, I'm in my chair and I'm... I'm pretty stable in my chair, but is my brain going crazy trying to figure out what this could have like been this scene? Yeah. And I think maybe that's the point is that meditating on Ezekiel's description of the Lord's glory and his throne room and what he was seeing is supposed to inspire us as well. Um, I don't know about you, but like I can totes relate to Ezekiel. He was probably having some like mundane tasks in life I don't know for me probably like cooking checking emails um doing things that have to do with my day-to-day I don't know some of the more mundane tasks that don't super require all my brain power um and sometimes I don't know I feel like I don't want to say like I'm bored but sometimes I do get bored and I'm like God help me to be excited about the things that I do for you or I do in my home or I do for me that are things that I have to do every time, but I'm not like as excited anymore. Like bring back some excitement into my life. And this whole study that we're doing is like under the theme of come to life. And that's really my prayer right now as we go through Ezekiel is, God, bring back some life and joy and excitement into the things that have become everyday routine. And as I'm reading Ezekiel, I am super feeling inspired to want to serve God with like everything that I do, be that high level of excitement and as if I'm serving God with it. I don't know if that fully makes sense, but it's like how my brain is processing. And like, I know that God is more than an idea and he's way more 
than even what Ezekiel is able to describe what he's seeing. And what I love about God is that he's unchanging. So he is all that he is all the time. He never stops being who he is. And even though we only get to see a glimpse of God here, we don't see his fullness or fully understand it, which I don't think that'll ever happen again. Like I said, probably when I get to heaven, maybe I'll be able to understand a little more about God. But I love that as we go through the Bible, certain attributes come up a little more than others, right? Like sometimes we'll see God's goodness highlighted in a passage or his love or his mercy, his grace. Sometimes we'll see his judgment and his holiness. But that doesn't mean that he's not those things all the time. Like he is always all of those things all the time. We just only see certain things highlighted sometimes. So I'm excited to go through Ezekiel and to see the different attributes of God highlighted while also trying to keep in mind that he is always all of those things and he is always near to me. And I love him for that. And I am excited to see how he starts to bring life and excitement back into my everyday mundane, if you will, situations and tasks. Actually, you know what? Maybe you too can ask God to help you look at the everyday stuff that you do that might not be as exciting and be like, God, help me be excited. Like, I'm trying to live my best life, my fullest life. Help bring back some of that excitement so that everything I do is inspired by my awe and sense of wonder of who you are and it helps me serve you better. Um, So that's kind of where we're going to stop. I don't want to continue too much because we got the whole book of Ezekiel to cover. We don't need to do too many chapters in one day. So we're going to stop here with one and two. We'll pick up next time probably with chapter three, two. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out when we get there. But I do want to thank Jesus for you and for what we read today. So thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. And even in a passage that things, a lot of things don't make sense. Thank you for helping us step back and look at the bigger picture because really I don't want to get caught up in the details that I lose focus of what you might be trying to share and tell me today. Um, Thank you for inspiring me and bringing back that sense of awe and wonder of who you are and help me to take that into my day-to-day and my every task that I may see your goodness in everything that I do and then I can see your hand on everything that is in my life. I thank you. I love you. Um, Life is hard and I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm also trying to figure out how to serve you better. So please, please, please continue to help me do that. Thank you for all my friends who continue to tune in. Bless them in their week and as they also journey trying to figure out life and you. In your holy name we pray. We pray. Because, you know what, they're praying with me. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening and being a part of this journey with me. If you liked what you've been hearing, then share it with a friend or drop some ratings and reviews. I'd love to hear from you guys and what you're thinking, how you're feeling. And if this is something that you've been enjoying as much as I've been enjoying going through it with you. Um, So thank you so much. I love you all and I'll see you real soon. Bye.